Welcome to the Kingdom Culture Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this spirit-filled message that it blesses your week and brings you joy and perspective. To connect with us, hop on social media and for more information, head to kingdomculturechurch.com.au. So good. You can sit down. So good. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, team. Unreal. Thank you. Thank you. It's going on too long now. We're here for Jesus. Hey, I'm so glad you're in the house. This morning, if you're new, uh, we usually preach for about uh, an hour and a half here at Kingdom Culture Church. So we, um, what's funny? Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I just want to talk to you for the next 25 minutes uh, about uh, healing. And uh, don't switch off. Maybe for some of you, you're like, yeah, cool, healing. Maybe some of you think of weird people in white suits uh, earning lots of money in stadiums. Um, yeah, I was going to play the Benny Hinn, let the bodies hit the floor, but wasn't entirely appropriate. Um, but uh, we've been in our Holy Ghost series. And um, the, uh, who, who remembers what the first week was? Baptism of the Spirit, baptism in fire. Uh, so that was awesome. We saw people uh, get healed and, and set free and, 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 and like just baptized in the Spirit, which was amazing. Uh, and that last week, who remembers what we talked about last week? We spoke about, imagine if you weren't a Christian. <laughs> Church, what did we talk about last week? Tongues. You're just sitting there like, just normal tongues? It's weird. Um, speaking in tongues, we spoke about that. We had an amazing Mother's Day panel. And can I tell you, I believe something in the house. I believe that Sunday morning isn't our quiet, uh, less revivaly service. I, th- I think Sunday morning is, is full of the Spirit and full of the anointing of God. And, and uh, I'm, I'm pumped. And can I say something respectfully? Like, you don't scare me that much. Like, I've preached at school chapels with like 13 kids who didn't want me there. Like, I've preached at home groups where they were like, who is this guy? He's so weird. So, uh, I love you guys. We're a family. And I believe that if you would, what's great is, God moving in power. I love what I love the honor Dan gave me and said, you know, Fred's coming in. But, but really, your breakthrough, uh, your anointing, how much you get out of this message is not predicated on me, which is awesome. The pressure's off because if you lean in, you'll get something even if I am garbage. But even if I'm amazing and you don't lean in, you won't get anything. So this morning, pressure's on you. Praise God. So... I want to tell you, uh, we're, we're a church that believes in divine healing. Um, how epic does it when you put the word divine in front of something? It's like, we believe in healing. Cool. We believe in divine healing. Uh, not just healing, like it's divine, okay? You're right? It's divine. So uh, we believe in divine healing. We believe in the moving of the Holy Spirit. And um, I want to, uh, uh, there is a bit of scripture this morning because Pastor Rob and Heather, they don't want you just to uh, get a healing, although they do. They want you when someone says, whether a Christian or a non-Christian goes, what's this healing business? To actually be able to speak about it and actually be able to provide scriptural content that backs up our Pentecostal passion. And so I want to start with uh, uh, just a quote that, that, that I, uh, I want to quote myself, worst thing I've ever said from stage. I want to start with a point, and the point is a problem is the common denominator in every miracle. A problem is the common denominator in every miracle. You see, sometimes we think, oh man, like I'm too broken, I'm too this, I'm too that for church. Uh, I can't tell you the amount of times people have said to me, I've been like, yeah, you should come to church. They're like, dude, if I walked in that church, the thing would burn down. I got problems. But what we need to understand is if you've got a problem, whether it's mental, spiritual, physical, any other thing, all you are a prime candidate for the healing power of God. You are a prime candidate for an encounter with Jesus. 
and I, for one, uh, feel uh, really strongly about people that are that are in addiction, that are, that are struggling with alcoholism, that are that are you know uh, uh, victims of abuse, that feel like, oh, I couldn't go to a church. How great would it be if when stuff goes on in people's lives who don't know the Lord, they're like, I should probably go to church because I know I'm going to walk into an environment of faith. They might not call it that, an environment of love, welcoming, acceptance. You know what I mean? Like, like so we've got to be that. We've got to be that. So uh, a problem is the common denominator in every miracle. Sometimes I think we think that to move in miracles or to see a miracle, we've got to be perfect, which makes absolutely no sense because if you're perfect, you don't need a miracle. I like this. This is good news because I got problems, man. I got issues. I don't know about you. I used, I used, I told Mum once we were watching Joyce Meyer when I was quite young, and Joyce Meyer said something like, "Even sometimes I have a bad thought," and I got so annoyed. And I said to Mum, "What does she mean? Even she gets a bad thought?" And I love Joyce Meyer. Her book on feelings is amazing and emotions, and she's Joyce is amazing. But I remember being like, well, "Of course you do. You're a human." Stop it, Joyce. Like, she's amazing. But, but I, I don't think we need to, whether pastor or not, speaker or not, whatever our profession is, I don't think we need to pretend to be perfect. Because my problem, my issues, of which there are thousands, that makes me a prime candidate for his grace and his power. And I love that. Every, every problem is a common denominator in a miracle. We believe in the healing power of Jesus and the Holy Ghost. And we want to preach this series on the Holy Ghost and on the different things he does and the different ways he moves so that you wouldn't uh, just have a faith for healing, but you'd have a theology for it. That, that you would actually be able to delve into Scripture and go, oh, this is actually my portion. Because it doesn't matter if some person's on the stage yelling, you should believe in this thing. If it's not in your soul and you haven't read it and it hasn't become truth to you, it'll just be someone yelling into a microphone. But if you get it on the inside of you, that's where the power is. So I want to talk to you this morning about five reasons, five points I believe and we believe in healing. Is that right? Yes. Great. <laughs> yes. Firstly, healing in bodies was a marker of Jesus' ministry. Healing in bodies was a marker of Jesus' ministry. Uh, in the book of John, uh, which I'm going to read from in a second, we, there's nine significant miracles we know. There's a bunch of different ones. We see Jesus heal blind Bartimaeus, which is exciting. Um, remember, Bartimaeus cries out to him, Son of David, have mercy on me. And he hears his cry and he heals his eyes. Uh, he raised Lazarus from death, uh, which is pretty epic. He waited like three days too, till the body was stanky. And then he was like, Lazarus, why are you sleeping? And um, Lazarus came forward, which is awesome and also terrifying. Um, he walked on water because he's Jesus. He spoke to a storm and it calmed. He healed a dead boy outside of Nain. He raised Jairus' daughter, which we spoke about a couple weeks ago. He healed the woman with the issue of blood. He turned water into wine because <laughs> that's how Jesus do. Um, and, and, but, but there's a verse in John that I want us to, to read. John 21, 25 says this. Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them was written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. Let's read that again. Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world, might be exaggerating there, would not have room for the books that would have been written. Do you, do you realize what this means? This means that Dr. Luke when he's writing his synoptic gospel about everything Jesus is doing, cannot keep up. He's like, hey, 
gang, Matthew, Mark, Luke, w- w- Matthew, Mark, self, we're going to have to like do highlights. We're going to have to do a highlight reel of Jesus. There's no time. And they're like, but what about this? What about this? What about this? What about this amazing thing? What about this thing over in Gal? There's no time. And also my hand hurts from writing. Like we, we've got to just do a highlights package. So, so Jesus' ministry was not just marked by, by miracles. It was like, it was overflowing with them. It was overflowing with them. In Matthew 20, uh, 4, 22 to 24, it says this. I love this. And immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness amongst the people. News about him spread all over Syria and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering with acute pain, the demon possessed, those having sieges and the paralyzed, and he healed them all. See, that's really challenging to me that it says, and he healed them all. It would be really comforting to me if it said, and he healed a solid 30%. And the rest, he prayed. And after the fourth prayer, he's like, hey, man, all good. Go home, sleep, contact me in the morning, see how you are. That's my go-to. Like when I'm at a youth event and I'm like, it's like the fourth time I've prayed for their ear and it's not like opening. I'm like, bro, like Facebook me, you're going to have a miracle when you sleep. And that's, I'm not like, I'm not faking it, but that's, I'm sort of like, okay, we're at a point now where I've got to keep praying for other people. But Jesus healed everyone. Whoa, like, bodily miracles like it like this morning we are talking about like bodily miracles like there's miracles in finance there's miracles in relationships and and, and there's miracles in politics it's going but there, there there is there is a realm where it's like hey your body god wants to heal it the guy that created you knows how to fix you amen and so and so so I want to challenge us. It's Sunday morning. Most of us in the house are probably saved. And, and I want to challenge you. Have you decided to just live with sickness? Have you decided maybe you had an injury and that sort of got healed, but the pain from it, you're like, well, I'm just going to live with that dodgy hip. What have you made peace with that God's saying, hey, you need to war against? Because Jesus healed everything. Now, I want to be sensitive here because many of us have buried people. Many of us have lost friends and family to disease. Some of us in this place may have chronic illness. And the question is, why? And my answer is, I don't know. I think pastors and leaders and Christians should be okay to not know things sometimes. I don't know. But we cannot, we cannot grab scripture and pull it down into our experience. We have to just keep turning up. Because Burping Gary isn't looking for a church that would go, well, we tried it once and it didn't happen. Let's write a new doctrine. Burping Gary is looking for a church that would be like, hey, I'm going to show up. And if it doesn't happen, I'm going to show up again. I'm going to show up again. I'm going to own the seed, not the fruit. I'm going to punch in and God's going to do what he's going to do. But he's looking for a people that would say, hey, I'll turn up. Even when it's awkward, even when you're at Fort Coffee praying for an old lady's hip, but touching her shoulder, obviously. And you keep asking like three times, you keep asking three times, ma'am, are you feeling good? And she's like, no. And, you're, and her nurse is there and her nurse is like, come on, Meryl, like, let's go. I'm like, just wait, I'm healing, I'm trying to, I don't know, shut up. Like in the name of, you know, like literally. And I, I was like, I walked from, this is a couple of years ago, but I walked away from Fort going, well, stupid. I was enjoying a great cheeseburger and an and organic cola, which is subpar, but that's all I had. And, and I stepped out and prayed for this old lady. 
And you know, I was thinking of my mum. I'm like, mum loves old people and she prays for them all. I'm going to do a Heather Porter. It didn't work. But it's not my, that's not my thing. I've just got to turn up. I've just got to be obedient. Because there's also many times, and I'm getting ahead of my message, where we have seen God move in power. So the first reason we believe in healing is that it was a marker of Jesus' ministry. Amen? Amen. The second reason I believe in healing is because Jesus doesn't change. Jesus doesn't change. In Hebrews 13.8, it says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Can I tell you, friend, the same, sometimes, I don't know about you, I've told you this many times, I see the Bible like a movie. Like, I don't see it like a, like when I read it, I'm there. Like, there's backing music, it's amazing. Like, when Zacchaeus is in the tree, it's like, and he's like, Jesus, and Jesus is like, like, it's epic, it's, it's exciting. I have ADD, I need to make it alive. So, so that's how I see it. And, but the Jesus that walked on those cobbled streets in Capernaum, the Jesus that, that walked on water, the Jesus that said, I am that I am, the Jesus that, that when people touched his garment got healed instantly, he's the same Jesus here right now. He's the same Jesus, man. And I don't know about you, I find distance creates distortion. And so when I think of like, ancient day Jesus doing his thing, my, my human brain likes to go, yeah, well, that was back then. Like, it was crazy. There was Romans walking around, and there was, like, wars and battles, and Jesus preached on, like, mountaintops. Like, it's different. It's not. We just have buildings and air conditioning, praise the Lord, and LED TVs, and, but it's the same God who loves his kid the same amount, and he wants to see them set free and healed. And I bet you, and we know from reading the Word of God that the disciples often felt like, I don't want to... I'm scared. I don't like it. This is awkward. <laughs> Jesus, let's leave. He's like, no. They're like, all right. <laughs> like, like so often they felt the same way we do, but Jesus doesn't change. And Acts 10.38 says this, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and he went around doing good and healing all. Someone say all. All, all who are under the power of the devil. <laughs> That's epic, isn't it? The devil. And because God was with him. Can I tell you, if Jesus got filled with the Holy Ghost and then moved in signs and wonders, we should too. If the Son of God wasn't exempt from the infilling or as Pastor Rob said, the the, the refreshing or the awakening of the Holy Ghost in Him, then we shouldn't be either. We should be filled with the Spirit, tongue-talking, laying hands on people, seeing God move. I mean, I'm telling you, I'm challenged. I've been looking at this for the last two weeks and I'm like, when was the last time someone that was sick like drove to Mango Hill and knocked on my door and was like, Fred? And I was like, what? I'm playing games with Craig. There's someone here. And I, I went to the door and they were like, hey, I've just been diagnosed with cancer in my, in, you know, in my bones or something. Can you pray for me? Hasn't happened. I don't know. Maybe it's happened to you a little bit. That's awesome. But we should be the solution center for our region. And I know that we need to, I need to raise my faith and I'll be honest, I consider myself pretty faith-filled. I, I do altar calls. I pray for the sick. It sometimes works. It sometimes doesn't. But I'm nowhere near this standard. But that's not upsetting. It's, it's encouraging. It's like, yeah, God, I need, Jesus, need to get, Jesus needed the hand of God on him. And then he went out and healed all who were unwell. That's amazing. Sometimes the media says this thing. I don't know if you've heard of it when like healing evangelists or whatever do crusades or whatever. They say, well... If this is real, why isn't there pastors in all the hospitals laying hands on people and seeing them made well? It's a good point. 
I don't like current affairs, but it's a good point. But just lose the tone, Tracy Grimshaw. <laughs> but it's, it's, a, it's a valid thing. It's a valid thing, and it sucks that comfortability and fear would stop us from being a solution from someone who's in pain and someone who's hurting. Jesus doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we need to get filled with the Spirit. We need to get baptised in fire. We need to speak in tongues. We need to lay hands on the sick, even though it is scary and it makes me sweat profusely. The third reason I believe in healing, the third reason we believe in healing is healing is in His very name. Healing is in His very name. Exodus 15, 26 says this. He said, if you listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in His eyes, if you pay attention to His commands and keep all His decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. One of His names is Jehovah Rapha, which means the Lord my healer. It's not just something He gives, it's part of who He is. God is the compassionate healer. Does that excite anyone else? Like it gets me pretty pumped. And then I'm thinking to myself, well, okay, that's awesome. Why is my wife at home just like leaking green fluid? Not entirely sure. But once again, I will not revert to experience or to a fallen world to decide what the Bible means. God is the compassionate healer. The word Rapha means to properly mend, to heal, to fix, and to make whole. How beautiful is that? I want that. I want to be made heal and whole and set apart. Do you ever feel that? Some of us need to just wake up on a Monday and go, Lord, thank you that you are Jehovah Rapha. I need some Rapha at the moment, not the tennis player. I need some Rapha. I need some healing. I need some anointing. I need some, I need some breakthrough in my life. But what we often do, instead of declaring who he is, we declare loudly about what's going on. And so sometimes our prayer time isn't a, isn't a space for declaration and who he is. It's just a, it's just a place to whine about what, what's going wrong. And that's, you know, I understand that sometimes. It's like, hey, God, like, what is going on? My kid's away from you. So-and-so's on drugs. This is really hard. He's fine with that. But it's got to be mixed with, Lord, I know this is happening, but I know this is who you are. You are my healer. You are Jehovah Rapha, and you don't just want to heal a broken bone. You want to heal a broken bone and then heal the hurt from what happened with the broken bone and heal the pain from what happened when you couldn't do things. He wants to heal us holistically. You see, Jesus, he healed many people, but he never just healed their body. He spoke to their situation. He spoke to their sin condition. He spoke to what they were going through. (laughs) Healing is in his very name. Oh, but, but... Like, he's real busy. It might sound funny to you. I've literally heard people be like, oh, but there's so much going on in the world. There's people dying in Africa. There's wars in Syria. He doesn't care about my conjunctivitis I get every five weeks. Well, another name he has is El Shaddai, which means God is more than enough. And so, friend, whatever you're going through, you have no excuse to write off the healing power of God in your life. And I don't know, that excites me. (laughs) I'm happy, man. Reason number four. Someone say four. Four. Someone say four. Four. Healing is in the atonement. What does that mean? Atonement. That means that your healing was brought sacrificially by the price Jesus paid for you. And he didn't just pay for your soul, but he paid for your mortal body. It's exciting. Makes me think of um, who's seen Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. It's a Sunday morning crowd. Surely all of us have. No? Six of us. Cool. Movie night next week, Pastor Heather. Um, So... 
there's this scene which is awesome with Aslan and the White Witch and basically he's talking about the Great Exchange and she starts reciting all these rules and he looks at her in Liam Neeson's voice because Liam Neeson plays Aslan, which is the best decision ever, and uh, looks at her and goes, don't cite the deep magic to me, witch. I was, there, but I was there before it was written. And I love that. that is so, I got a tattoo of Aslan on my arm. Um, but, but what sometimes, honestly, sometimes what you need to do when you just keep getting that conjunctivitis or you keep getting that sickness or you can't get off those, those pills or you're struggling with that alcohol or you're on those websites or you, you've got sickness in your body or you're, you're discouraged because your auntie is like not going to pull through with cancer, you need to look at the enemy and say, don't, don't tell me what you think is up. Because my Jesus died on a cross 2,000 years ago that I would be free. That I would be free. We as Christians, if we, if we believe the Word of God, we should be the most hope-filled, the most excited, the most pumped, like annoyingly so. Like you walk in and Helen's like, oh, I got a, I got a stiffle. And you're like, in the name of Jesus. Like just lay hands. Like it was so frustrating. Mum hated me going, uh, staying off work because I was a little bit conniving when I was younger. And sometimes I was sick. Sometimes I wanted to play Crash Bandicoot. And she would just lay hands on me. It was so annoying. I'm like, Mum, I got the flu. She'd be like, oh, rabababa, sutoraba. I'm like, no, get away. I want to be sick. Don't. Don't want to ride my bike to St. Paul's. But we need to be like that. I'm telling you, in our world, in our life, we need to be like, in the name of Jesus. We need to lay hands on things. We need to believe that God's going to come through. And then when you feel like he hasn't, we go again. And it's upsetting. And sometimes the blood boils, you know? Like it's just like you pray again and again and again and again and again. And you're like, the blood boils, you know? You're like, I'm so mad. Like, why isn't this working? I don't know. I don't understand, but I know that he is faithful. I know that he is good. I know that he's a good, good father. I know that in him there's no turning of shadow. He works things together for the good of those that love him. So if it's not good, it's not the end. We've got to believe. We've got to believe. Healing's in the atonement. Isaiah 53, 5. This is a prophetic word about the life of Jesus. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by, my mom used to say this all the time, my dad, by his stripes we are healed. When I was young and she'd say that, I'd be like, what's this got to do with zebras? But I, I didn't know what fogging was then. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. Not we might be. Not hopefully, we are. I love that. I'm just preaching myself happy, man. I bet you Anna's running around the house cleaning and feeling better. In the name of Jesus. Maybe she's cooking the rice. No one knows. <laughs> Healing is in the atonement. He's not the author of sickness. Blaming Jesus for sickness is like blaming Tolkien or C.S. Lewis for the Twilight series. It's not fair because it didn't come from them. Yeah, I, did. I came up with that. I hate Twilight so much. Um, but seriously, uh, like, we, what we do is we, we, we create ideologies to stroke how we're feeling. So what we do is we go, okay, this sickness isn't going. My mum had this. My grandma had this. Now I have this. God is teaching me a lesson through this. Now, I do believe that in the midst of trouble and pain and hurt, if we lean into Jesus in the middle of storms... He can teach us things and he can grow our character. But he is not the origin point of that. He's not the origin point of sickness. 
And, and, that, and I understand that there's parts of this that are hard because you might right now have something wrong with your body. But friend, I have to tell you, it didn't come from Jesus. And we as a family and you as a person need to believe for the goodness of God. What's it say in Hosea? You will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. You don't have to be sick on your way to heaven. You can actually be free. You can actually be healed. You can actually be whole. I think it's good news. Healing is in the atonement. If a keyboardist could join me, that would be utterly, completely sensational. Amen. Telling you, healing is in the atonement. It's part of what he paid for. It's part of what he paid for. We have to raise our faith levels, church. We have to start believing for stuff that scares us. We have to start praying for things that we're like, if this doesn't work, how awkward will it be? I get it. I get it. I do conferences and packed altars, and I'm still like, when I get to someone that's like, oh, my leg's shorter than the other. Oh, I've got terminal cancer. Oh, I can't see out of this eye. I'm like, I'm more of like the headaches and the slain in the spirit, dude. Like, Joel Ramsey. Like, doesn't matter. I've got to do it. I've got to do it. I've got to believe. Heidi Baker prayed for 500 deaf people before an ear opened. We hear that quote and we're like, oh, you're good on you, Heidi. 500, so many people. Like, I, did, I, I could handle maybe four. 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 After the fourth one, I'd be like, I'm not called to open the deaf ears. I'm called to a different path. Like, 500. Like, could you imagine the feeling when the first one opened? The pastor's read, why? Why didn't they open? I don't know. I have no idea. Was it Heidi's faith? Maybe. Was it their faith? Maybe. I'm not going to propose to know. But what I do know is now in Heidi Baker's ministry, they've seen 1.5 million people come to Christ. They've seen 300 people raised from the dead. Countless illnesses and diseases healed because she didn't give up. It's like Carl Lenz says, what's the best leadership principle and premise of all time? Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Number five. So we'll just whiz through them again. Number one, and I'm coming to a close because we want to lay hands on some people and pray for some people. Number one, healing bodies was a marker of Jesus' ministry. So it has to be a marker of our lives. Number two, Jesus, God, the Holy Ghost, they don't change. Number three, healing's a part of His name and who He is. Number four, healing's in the atonement. And number five, I've seen Him do it before and I believe I'll see Him do it again. Revelation 12, 11 says, They triumphed over Him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. So that means, and I've said this before, but when you're struggling in your faith or praying for a healing or with a child that's away from God or a child that's on a substance or you're on a substance or insert anything that we go through in life, the first thing we should do is look in the rearview mirror and go, Lord, I've seen You move the mountains. And I believe I'll see you do it again. Oh, Fred, I haven't seen God heal cancer. Cool. Have you seen him heal a headache? Maybe the answer is no. Cool. He saved you. For an eternity away from him, you're now going with it. Whatever it is, you've seen God move. Maybe not the way you want to just yet. But at bare minimum, he saved your soul. And he said, come and be in paradise with me when this whole thing's over.